Welcome to the Paragon Dental Transitions Podcast. In this podcast, we will be discussing relevant issues in both dentistry and dental transitions. This podcast is geared for all dentists, including practice owners, associates, and dental students. In each episode, we will feature guest experts from around the country to help provide you the most current information and answer your most pressing questions. You're listening to part one of the episode, Is It Time for an Associate? Hi, everyone, and welcome. I'm Amanda, a transition consultant with Paragon. Is there a right time for an associate? When is the right time? Perhaps it requires a very complex calculation. That is, your age plus the number of patients in your practice multiplied by your financial health divided by your career goals, which then equals your perfect timing to bring on an associate. Not exactly. Well, here to tell us exactly when the right time is, is Dr. Burge Ferregian, Paragon's national speaker and director of continuing education, recruitment, and advanced training. Hi, Burge, and welcome. Thank you, Amanda. Well, let's begin by looking at this from the associate's point of view. Is being an associate a rite of passage? That's a good question, Amanda. And I'm not sure if it's a rite of passage or a necessity for the new graduate. You know, this generation before our recent graduates, they had a greater chance of being able to own and have their own practice right out of school. Of course, they may have also chosen to practice as associates first. So is it because this is what's drilled into the student's head, and no pun intended, I'm sorry about that, uh, before graduation? Or is it because the graduates of today actually don't feel fully prepared, with exceptions, of course, to practice the full gamut of dentistry? So for that reason, invariably, they either enroll in a residency or specialty program to gain more practical clinical experience. Furthermore, if they are to purchase a practice and hope to secure a loan for the purchase, they first need to demonstrate to the lenders that they have the capability to produce the dentistry in the practice they wish to purchase. So that's where an associateship position would also be a benefit. So I think it is more necessity rather than the rite of passage. Well, you know, you mentioned that graduates of today may not be fully prepared to practice the full gamut of dentistry. And by that, I am assuming you are speaking from a clinical point of view. What about from a practice management point of view? Like, Would you agree that being an associate initiates uh, or rather prepares for the role of practice ownership? Well, it can. And it can be one of the steps. To prepare, your, to prepare the associate. But, you know, as an associate would seek to improve his or her clinical skills by taking clinically oriented continuing education courses, he or, he or she should also make it a point to register for practice management courses. Though dental schools really offer business courses, it can only go so far. You know, they, they just have limited time and they, they just go over some, some of the very basic things. So by associating with an office, it can become in sorts a continuing education. He or she would observe, you know, the everyday management of a practice 
and take advantage of, of the learning opportunity. When they are ready to purchase a practice, the education and experience will be of great benefit. And there's another opportunity to learn when a doctor purchases a practice. The existing staff of the acquired practice, the, the team that has been running the practice for that many years, they're the ones that they're going to learn from. But that can only work if the team is on after the transition. And that's why confidentiality is of the utmost importance, as we've discussed in past podcasts. Right. Right. Now, well, let's take a look from the perspective of the doctor looking to hire an associate. Is having an associate a step on a dental career path? It could be, but only under the right circumstances. And it really isn't necessary. Well, what is the most common reason a dentist would bring an associate into their practice? Simply put, they're not busy enough. This happens for a few natural and understandable reasons. First, they realize that they're not getting as many new patients, and this, this, this is not uncommon in mature practices. Also, the existing patient base is also getting older and older. You know, while mature patients are excellent hygiene recall patients, the amount of new dental work that is needed is limited because the dentist has already done the bulk of the major dental treatment on these patients. And because they do quality work, it's going to last for a while. And the established dentist also realizes that the drop in the new patient flow is a result of no longer attracting as many younger patients into the practice. So the decision becomes, if a younger doctor is added to the practice, younger patients will once again start coming into the practice. This is actually a very logical thought. A dentist's patient base often grows older as a dentist grows older. Uh, the age of the bulk of the patient is often 10 years either side of the dentist's age. So it happens that the practice begins losing out of the next generation. So the logical thought is that is the lost generation may indeed come back into the practice if a younger dentist is available to them. After all, the, the new associate is also from this same lost generation. While this indeed is a logical thought, it is certainly not a valid reason to bring on an associate. Well, though logic and reason aren't the same thing, uh, while it is logical, why isn't it reasonable for a doctor to want to capture a younger patient market with a younger associate? Well, because typically, these types of associates will almost always fail. First of all, the reason the host wants an associate is because the host dentist is not busy enough. And, you know, they figure, okay, I'll bring in a, a, a younger doctor who's going to bring in younger patients but the younger patients will be coming into the practice to see the younger doctor, not the host. So how does this really help the host dentist resolve his or her problem as far as not being busy enough? And they're still left with the same problem they were trying to solve, not enough patients for themselves. So they basically have willfully brought into their own, in, into their own office their own competition by taking on a hired gun associate typically without a formal contract, no restrictive covenant, and usually done really on a simple handshake. 
Well, first, how do you define a hired gun associate, and why should every associate have a contract and a restrictive covenant included in that contract? Well, a hired gun associate is actually a, a, a term that Paragon has coined. And, and our definition is that their sole purpose is to provide more new patients and income for the host. On the face of it, it sounds great, but in reality, it can end up to be harmful to both host and associate. And these relationships are usually started with a handshake, as I mentioned before. Even in those rare situations where there is a contract, often the contract does not restrict the associate from leaving and practicing nearby. And statistically, 90% of the time of a hired gun associate will leave the practice to set up his or her own practice or move on to another associateship relationship in a nearby practice. When the associate does not decide to leave, more than likely these younger patients will follow the associate and not stay with the host practice. What I meant to say when the associate does decide to leave, they usually will go with, with the uh, associate, the younger dentists. Well, why does the hired gun associate leave 90% of the time? Well, they eventually discover that they are building a practice within a practice. Haven't we all done that? I, I did that with the same thoughts without really first. Of course, I wasn't a transition consultant before, and I, of course, I've learned since then. But once they have their own patient following, the associate realizes that he or she really doesn't need the relationship with the host dentist any longer. You know, they rationalize to themselves, and rightfully so, why allow the host dentist to profit on my production any longer when I can go out on my own and keep the whole pie? So are there other reasons why dentists hire associates? Yeah, yeah, there are two. To fully utilize their office facility and in anticipation of selling their practice. To see if the younger doctor, quote unquote, can handle the practice. So the host dentist in the first circumstance is probably as busy as he or she wants to be. They're likely only working a four-day week and never evenings or weekends. So the host dentist figures that a hungry young associate will be agreeable to working Fridays, Saturdays, and some evenings, you know, the hours that the host is not working. Let's fill those times in and, and make the facility produce what it can. So, so it can be fully utilized. And this might work for a while, but again, not in the long run. The associate eventually figures out that he or she is building a practice within a practice and will leave to set up his or her own office down the road, perhaps. And when the associate leaves, he or she often takes some staff and patients with them. And this scenario happens frequently and it is often very costly to the host. I'm, I'm going to give you an example from the annals uh, of, our, of our records in, in uh, doing this for over 30 years. Yes, it's a real do. example that really happened. And, and what happened in this situation was that an uncle decided to pay for the full four years of the nephew's dental education. He was a very generous, a very generous uncle. 
and because he wanted the nephew to come in and be his associate. So the nephew comes in and on a handshake, you know, starts practicing. Of course, if you can't trust your nephew or your uncle, who are you going to who are you going to trust? And they keep on working for about two or three years, and the the uncle keeps passing on all the new patients to his to his nephew just to keep him busy. And then, lo and behold, a few years after, the the nephew walks into the uncle's office and say, "Hey, uncle, uh, I'm moving across the street, and I'm going to start my own practice." You think that was not enough? The next thing he also does, he he he, he hires the front desk manager. You, you know oh. that's the <laughs> that that's the most one of the most important positions, right, Amanda? You 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 know about yes. that. Yes, yes, yes. So you think that's bad? There's one other thing he ends up doing, and you'll never believe this. He marries the hygienist. Oh so, my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so the the main ingredients in transference of patients are gone, and this person lost over 85% of his practice, and, you know, at this, I think he was around age 55, 58, something like that, and he had to start oh, all gee. over. So uh, the moral, I can't imagine. The, can, can you imagine? The moral of the story is, if you can't trust your kin, right, you, you right. think you're going right. to trust somebody else. And it goes both ways, by the way. It's not just the associate, it's also the host. Right. Well, what about the second reason you mentioned, the look-see period? Well, this is a a valid reason to bring in an associate. Unfortunately, the relationship is rarely structured properly. It is typically a totally ambiguous relationship of, let's see how we like each other, and if everything works out okay, you can buy me out. That's such a common scenario. And there's hardly ever a contract. And if there is a contract, it is typically inadequate with little to no protection for either the host dentist or the associate. And most definitely, there's really no real commitments for the host to sell or for the associate to buy the practice. So just you're going in blind, okay, let's see what happens and let's see what fate will bring. So these relationships are generally simple handshake arrangements with little to no pre-planning at all. The host dentist in this situation is generally a bit tired and thinks he or she wants to start slowing down. However, the, you know, the, the host dentist typically does not slow down at all during this ambiguous look-see period because they're not sure if, if either party is going to go through with it, if the associate is going to buy it. So. Of, of, and eventually what he'll do probably is just pass on the junk work to the associate, you know, like the, uh, the, the DOs on no, tooth number two where you got really bend over to, to see what you're doing uh, with, with a person who opens a very small mouth, you know, for, for you. So eventually uh, it, it, they, they just don't work out. And even if the intention was to see if the associate can handle the practice, the associate ha- hardly ever gets a chance to prove he or she can do-, do so because all they're doing is just doing the junk work. So the associate never gets a real taste of the practice, what the practice is all about. In other words, is this what I'm going to go into? Because that's the only thing they're doing is the junk work. So doing only the, the undesirable type of treatment 
the associate figures that this is all this practice is about. So the relationship often ends, and it can end quite in an ugly manner. Well, ugly can be beautiful, Burge. And let's talk about that next week when we discuss the right reasons and the right way to bring on an associate. So, whether you're a potential associate or host doctor, join us for this informative discussion. Until then, visit our website, www.paragon.us.com, to sign up for our free newsletter and see current listings. Or, if you would like to direct connect with your local consultant, please call our toll-free number, 866 898 1867. And get social. Like us on Facebook. Post comments. Ask questions. Thank you all for listening. Be well, everyone.